seven I am statements of the Lord Jesus in John's Gospel. And uh, Shinonso has already given you the, the context for this. Jesus and his disciples are away from Jerusalem, beyond the Jordan River. Not that far away from Jerusalem and Bethany, but the, the river's in the way. And they hear news that his friend Lazarus, who's in Bethany, which is not far from Jerusalem, is very ill. But Jesus doesn't start out to go there, but waits two days exactly where he is. Two days later, Jesus says to the disciples, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. And the disciples respond that if he's sleeping, he must be recovering. If he's, if he's at rest sleeping and he's not in fever or, you know, whatever. But Jesus then plainly says, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So they set out. And although the journey in a straight line isn't all that far, the River Jordan is in the way, and it would have taken up to two days to walk around to a crossing and come back down again to Bethany. That's why when they get there, Lazarus has been dead and in the tomb for four days. And many of the Jews... I'm going to read to you now from John 11. Many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning her brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it, give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Let me just explain something at that point in time. Most Jewish people, first century Jewish people, believed in the resurrection of the dead at the last day. They believed that the Messiah would do that. It was only the, 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 the uh, Greek-influenced Sadducees, the high priestly class, who were unbelievers and they didn't believe in the resurrection, didn't, didn't really believe in the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, they, they were really unbelievers. So they understood about the resurrection coming, all right? Now notice how Jesus says to her. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection, not just to come. Resurrection and the life, now. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives in, believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. So the story follows on that Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead four days in the tomb. There will be a future and final resurrection of the dead, but the resurrection is not so much, and here's what Shinoto said earlier, is not so much an event as a person. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus was raising people from the dead before the last day and before even he had been raised from the dead. Earlier in John's Gospel, we read this, and this is a sort of foretaste for John 11, the event. John 5, Jesus talks about the resurrection and the resurrections. The Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but whatever he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will, whoever he wants. <clears throat> and the Father 
For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. The life of eternity, the life of God. And shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. When's that going to happen? Now. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming. There's an hour that's now, when dead people become alive. There's an hour that is coming, in which, and now he's very specific, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and will come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can do nothing, I, I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus there taught two resurrections. And he didn't put them in this order, but I'll, I'll tell you them in this order. The second resurrection... Well, yes, has dead people coming out of their graves to either life or condemnation. Glory or judgment, that's on the last day. Jesus says three times in John 6 that he will raise from the dead those who believe in him on the last day. So some of you have heard me say this before, but any theory or system about the future or end times which disagrees with those plain, repeated statements of the Lord Jesus is, I believe, quite simply wrong. If If the resurrection of the just doesn't happen in your theory on the last day, I'm sorry, but you've been sold a, 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 you know, a, a bad turkey there. Okay. The first resurrection happens now. Dead people hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. We as Christians believe in life after death, yes. More particularly, we believe, specifically, we believe in the resurrection of the dead by Jesus Christ, just as the creeds declare. But... We believe in life in Jesus before death. The apostolic writers use the same language, that the one who now believes and lives in Jesus is as someone who's been raised from death into life. Famous passage in Ephesians 4, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That together is with him, with Jesus. We were raised with Jesus. And we're made to sit with Jesus in heavenly places. Jesus declared himself to Mary and today declares himself to us, and I believe this is the word from the Spirit today. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus is the Lord of future resurrection. This is what he says. Now, let me come back to that first of all. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus the Messiah is the resurrection, but he's also the life, this side of resurrection. And there's a kind of resurrection going on now when we're converted, when we come to life in Jesus. And I believe that there there are continual sort of resurrections going along the way as well. We sang about them earlier. 
uh, we'll come to the word revive in a bit. We, many times in our lives, we, as a community or as an individual, we need to be revived, to be made awake again, alive again. All right? So Jesus, all, in all kinds of stations and points in our lifetimes, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We believe that when we die in this age, we are absent from the body, but present with the Lord. I'm quoting scripture here. We're with him until the resurrection day. When he'll bring us with him, will give us new resurrection bodies, whilst living saints will also be then transformed. Though I may die, I, may, I will live with the Lord and be made a living, yet glorified and immortal human being on that day by the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of future resurrection. But that isn't the main point that Jesus is saying. And it's not my my, my point today. Jesus is the Lord of life now. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. You might close your eyes and find yourself in the presence of Jesus, but that's not dying. That's just you kind of having to leave your body (laughs) to gain a new one in the future. Jesus is not waiting until you're dead to give you new life. He gives us life now. I hope we're living for more than going to heaven when we die. Living now in Jesus and for Jesus is what prepares us for the eternal kingdom of God. Eternal life, the life of God in us, starts now. That is what Jesus was talking about. That's what the apostolic writers also report as well. Now is the time to live the life of faith and the life that Jesus supplies. You do not hang on to a ticket to heaven and just kind of, you know, uh, glide through life. Now is the time when we engage and live in Jesus. Live this life of faith, which is a life of fight. It's a life of endurance. Old Testament, sorry, Old English language says patience, but our idea of patience is, oh, I don't know. Endurance is, come on, hang on there, keep going. He's the Lord of all life. There are no demarcations. The, the way of thinking that says, this is, this is my Christian or spiritual life and this is my other life, needs to be slammed out. There is one life to live. One Christian life. This life of faith. Every part of life comes under his rule, his grace, his help, his provision. Whoever lives and believes in me. You can reverse them. Whoever believes and lives in me. Because they belong together. I did a, a graphic a couple of years ago where you take believe and you take some letters out and you're left with live. Living and believing for a Christian are the same thing. If I live, I believe. And if I believe, I will live. Every part of his life, of this life, comes under his rule, his grace, his help, his provision. He's the Lord of life now. And as I mentioned before, there's this kind of not... Okay, it's not literally a resurrection, but there's a, there's a reviving and making alive, bringing back into newness and freshness, which we talk about. Revive. It's a lovely Bible word, revive. <clears throat> Jesus is the Lord of new beginnings. Let's put it that way. Jesus, some Christians talk a lot about revival, and they mean those historic times of great awakening to the Lord, work of the Spirit, great abhorrence of the Holy Spirit, of people being converted. But literally, to revive is to make alive from the dead or almost dead. The most famous prophetic image of this, of course, is Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. We're not going to sing the song, don't we? 
Ezekiel, the prophet, shown this valley full of human bones. And the Lord says to him, son of man, can these bones live? And he says, like shuffling his feet, oh Lord, you know. And the Lord tells him to prophesy. Let me just read it to you from Ezekiel 37. He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I, I mean this is a choker isn't it? Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and flesh came upon them, and skin covered them over, and there was no yet, yet no breath in them. So he said to me, prophesy to the breath, which is the same as wind, which is the same as spirit. Prophesy to the breath, the wind, the spirit, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, the wind, the spirit, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these dead, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Let me just stop there and say something prophetic to you today. You may be standing on your feet, but you're you're not really getting on with life, you're kind of stuck. You need more of the Spirit of God, the breath of God to come into you. So you stand on your feet and are really alive. In the Psalms, and David, David and other, others pray prayer for personal revival. That is, their strength was almost at an end. They were almost dead, and they were calling on the Lord as almost a last gasp. In Psalm 119, the writer asks nine times for per, such personal revival, renewing, reawakening. And perhaps some of us need to be honest enough to pray prayers like that. You know, it's okay admitting what you are and how you feel, where you've come to because the Lord knows anyway. Your prayer is for him to come and rescue you from there, to revive you from there, to pick you up from there, to put breath back into you again. Here's one example from Psalm 143. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. Soul is not a bit of you, it's all of you, it's your person, your being. It seems to me that some, for some of us, we, we come to a serial of times of dying. There are times when we come to a log jam, we come to the end of ourselves, we come to a failure, we come to realize that we've missed the way somewhere. We come to some sort of dying again and again, and it's right there we need to pray like that. Revive me, O Lord. To lay, so that we lay hold even more firmly of this eternal life through faith in Jesus. Jesus said to Mary, do you believe this? I want you to look up from where you are, from what you're going through right now, whatever you're feeling, and listen to what the Lord says to you. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is your life-giving Lord. We read it earlier in the, 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 when he's the door and the shepherd. He came to give us life and life more abundantly, life to the full. Again, he's emphasizing the now. There's a wonderful future to the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is now too. Things can happen. Things can change. We can find the help of God. We can find the wisdom of God. We can have the provision of God now because right now Jesus is our life-giving Lord. 
Right now, your life is hidden with Christ in God, says Colossians. And if he's your life-giving Lord now, you need not fear the future. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Believe this. Live this. Believe and live in Jesus, the resurrection and the life. <clears throat> Let me just say this to whoever may be listening here or out on the internet. Does someone hearing this today need to believe in Jesus? You've never done it yet. You've heard much about him, but I want to ask you the question, do you know him? Do you trust him and obey him? He offers you eternal life, starting right now. Right now is when people who are dead and not awake towards God hear his voice and come to life. It's the voice of Jesus. And today, these are his words. He's speaking them to you. I am the resurrection of life. He believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever believes in, lives and believes in me right now will never die. Do you believe this? Let's pray together. Then we're going to take communion. Father, we thank you for your son. You gave him to us and he gave his life up on the cross. But we know that he is risen from the dead and he's become the life-giving spirit, says one scripture, kind of putting two things together. He's the life-giving Lord who gives us, through the spirit, life. The life of God in a human being. Lord, we do not live by the measure of our own beings, of our own hearts, of our own wisdom, of our own energy, but we come to you, the giver of life, and say, Supply me, Lord. Revive me, Lord. If we've come to the end of ourselves, maybe we've come to a good place. It's a good place to find your help again. To lay hold again of the life that can only come through and in you. Revive us, oh God. That's a prayer that some of us need to pray for ourselves today. Let's do that. Revive me, oh God. Make me really awake, really alive as I live and believe in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord.